afternoon I preach you the Word of God as the church confesses and summarizes it. Lord's Days 7 and 8. We'll read these Lord's Days together, page 523 in the book of praise. Here the church confesses, are all men then saved by Christ just as they perished through Adam? No, only those are saved who by a true faith are grafted into Christ and accept all his benefits. What is true faith? True faith is a sure knowledge whereby I accept as true all that God has revealed to us in his word. At the same time, it is a firm confidence that not only to others, but also to me, God has granted forgiveness of sins, everlasting righteousness, and salvation out of mere grace, only for the sake of Christ's merits. This faith, the Holy Spirit, works in my heart by the gospel. What then must a Christian believe? All that is promised us in the gospel, which the articles of our Catholic and undoubted Christian faith teach us in a summary. These articles are the Apostles' Creed, which we read together, said together in our hearts, and then Lord's Day 8. How are these articles divided? Into three parts. The first is about God the Father and our creation. The second about God the Son and our redemption. The third about God the Holy Spirit and our sanctification. Since there is only one God, why do you speak of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Because God has so revealed himself in his word that these three distinct persons are the one true eternal God. In connection with this, we'll also read from the Belgic Confession, Article 22, page 507. Page 507. Article 22, under the title, Our Justification Through Faith in Christ. We believe that in order that we may obtain the true knowledge of this great mystery, the Holy Spirit kindles in our hearts a true faith. This faith embraces Jesus Christ with all his merits, makes him our own, and does not seek anything besides him. For it must necessarily follow either that all we need for our salvation is not in Jesus Christ, or if it is all in him, that one who has Jesus Christ through faith has complete salvation. It is therefore a terrible blasphemy to assert that Christ is not sufficient, but that something else is needed besides him. For the conclusion would then be that Christ is only half a savior." Therefore, we rightly say with Paul that we are justified by faith apart from works of the law. Romans 3, verse 28. Meanwhile, strictly speaking, we do not mean that faith as such justifies us. For faith is only the instrument by which we embrace Christ our righteousness. He imputes to us all his merits and as many holy works as he has done for us and in our place. Therefore, Jesus Christ is our righteousness, and faith is the instrument that keeps us with him in the communion of all his benefits. When those benefits have become ours, 
they are more than sufficient to acquit us of our sins. <clears throat> Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in the proclamation of the gospel from the book of Philippians, we recently read Philippians 3 verse 9, the announcement that it is possible to have a righteousness which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness, we read, that depends on faith. We confess the important place of faith in the story of our salvation. In Lord's Day 7 of the Heidelberg Catechism, when we affirm that all people perish through Adam and only those are saved who by a true faith are grafted into Christ and accept all his benefits. To be grafted into Christ means to be inserted into his church so that God treats us like he treats his son. He treats us as members of the same body and he gives us everything that he gives to Christ. To be grafted into Christ by true faith means that faith is used by, God's, by God as a grafting tool or an instrument that connects us to our Lord Jesus Christ and his benefits. This is clearly displayed in Abraham's life. You could see that in Hebrews 11 that we read this morning. You can read a lot about that in Romans as well. Abraham was born many years after the Lord had promised to send a Savior who would crush the serpent's head. But even so, Abraham was called from his home to be used and grafted into God's plan of salvation. God used the instrument of faith to graft Abraham into his saving work. And so in Genesis 22, Abraham was called to display his faith, not only in God's promise to bring a Savior through his son Isaac, but also in God's power to do everything for salvation without depending on Abraham at all. When we look at Abraham's life, we can see the gospel that I preached to you this afternoon, that faith is an instrument that God uses to bind us to the truth of the gospel. We'll see what faith looks like, where faith comes from, and where faith leads to. So what does faith look like? What would your definition be just off the top of your, your head? You realize that faith is a feeling, a conviction, a feeling of certainty about what is true and what is not true. In this sense, it is an inherent part of every human being created by God. People are always believing things they cannot see, always trusting the promises that are made by others. You can think of marriages. There's a lot of trust when the people get married. They, pro they trust the promise. You, you can think of businesses as well. We trust what others commit to. And as we do this in life, as we, we trust in others, as we take them for their word, as we 
believe things that we cannot see, we have learned that it is very important to make sure that we put our faith in the right things, in the right people even. The instrument of faith creates such a strong connection that if the object of our faith fails, if, if that which we are leaning on fails, well, we fail and we fall down with it. If I put my faith in a lifeboat with a hole in it, I will drown when it sinks. It's not good, says Philippians, to put our faith in good works because that's like trusting rubbish to get you eternal life. Trusting in a, a feeling, a wrong feeling, believing a liar, depending on another sinner for happiness. It's like trusting in a flimsy bridge that breaks halfway across a ravine and can lead to your own downfall. Everybody needs to be discerning when they employ the instrument of faith to attach themselves to an idea or to a person. The importance of the object of our faith, that means whom we are trusting in, can be clearly seen from Genesis chapter 22. Can you imagine if Abraham didn't know who it was that told him to sacrifice his own son? Or can you imagine if it was a, another person, his neighbor showed up and said, hey, Abraham, you should sacrifice your son. Well, we would call Abraham an absolute fool for just trusting anybody and doing such a cruel and unnatural thing to his own son. But when we know that Abraham could recognize the voice as the voice of God who had spoken to him several times before, that Abraham feared God, trusted in God. He calls God in Genesis 21 verse 23 the everlasting God who had established an eternal covenant with him and his children and promised salvation through his descendants. Well then we can quickly understand why Abraham obeyed God's command so promptly. Abraham wasn't just believing, obeying anybody but he was placing his faith in the Lord, his God, who had been with him and who had spoken with him and who had always kept his word and promises. Christian faith is distinguished from all other faith and belief, not because we believe in that which we cannot see, but because the object of our faith is the triune God whom we know through his holy scriptures. Christian faith is the conviction that the word of God is the truth and it accepts all that God has revealed in his word, including his revelation that the three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are the one true eternal God. You can see the answer in Lord's Day 8 is very Simple, because God has so revealed himself in his word, we believe it. The eye of Christian faith makes us see all reality through the revelation of the triune God as this is expressed in the three parts 
of the Apostles' Creed. Faith in God and his word makes us see the universe as the handiwork of God the Father and our creation. God the Father as our creator. Faith is like a special eyeball that makes Christians see molecules and mountains and in a completely different way than people who do not believe that God created the universe by his word so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible, like we saw in the display text when we came in this afternoon, Hebrews 11, verse 3. Through the eyes of faith, Abraham was convinced of the power of God to keep his promises. He, he told the two men with him, stay here, I'll come back with my son. Trusted in the power of God to even raise Isaac from the dead. You read in Hebrews 11, verse 19. In faith, Abraham was convinced that no matter what, the Lord would provide. Faith in the Word of God leads Christians to see the world with the knowledge of God the Son and our redemption. We see the world through God the Son, thinking of our redemption. Whereas many would have only seen a teenage boy walking up the mountain with his father, through the eyes of faith, Abraham saw the promised Messiah in the child that God had chosen to be a blessing for all nations. Abraham would later see that his son Isaac had been spared so that God's son could be sacrificed for everyone who believes in him by true faith. Faith in the word of God leads Christians to see the world with the knowledge of God, the Holy Spirit, and our sanctification. We see the work of the Holy Spirit in, in everything that we look at. With the eye of faith, Abraham was able to see that God was sanctifying him, making him, as we read in Romans 4, verse 20, grow strong in the faith, and no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. Like Paul, Abraham saw himself as a pilgrim in the world, in his journey to his homeland, we read in Hebrews 11, as he sought to keep in step with his God who was leading him to his heavenly home. And those who share the faith of Abraham, who walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had, they continue to see all of life through the revelation of the triune God. And that is why we can have a, a firm confidence that not only to others, but also to me, God has granted the forgiveness of sins, everlasting righteousness, and salvation. Faith always believes the promises that God has spoken, always sees the world through the lens of the saving work of the triune God, always connects and attaches us to Christ as a complete Savior, knowing that in Him we are saved. So faith is more than just a feeling. 
It is a certain conviction that the Bible is true. And so our faith will grow weak when we study the Word of God less. And our faith will go strong when we turn to the Word of God more often. And for this, people, or for this reason, many people are, are thankful for suffering and hardships. It's, it's quite a thing to, someone, to speak to someone who's going through a lot of hardships and, and a lot of suffering. They say, through this, God has made my faith stronger because he's driving me continually to his word and his promises. He's making me see my own inability so that I can rejoice in the Lord more often. It's a wonderful blessing in our lives to believe, to know that the Bible is true, to experience the nearness of God. It's something we, we want to share with others. And, and we ask, well, how can we share the faith so they can have the same experience? Where does this faith come from? How can a person obtain, how can you get these eyeballs of faith? Well, many of us will say that we are like Timothy. We can't remember a time in our life when we didn't love the triune God and desire to worship him with our lives. Others of us will say that we are more like Abraham who had parents who served other gods and then only believed in the Lord when they were called by him. In both cases, the nature of faith tells us that we were the ones who did the believing. We, could, we were the ones who were seeing life in a certain way. And when we read that the apostles and missionaries repeatedly call people to believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, we can see that it is the responsibility of every person in the world to believe and to have faith. The action word of our definition of true faith in Lord's Day 7 is the word accept. And at first glance, it would seem that faith is something that we can produce in our own hearts. However, when we look closely at faith and all that is happening and all that, that is happening behind the scenes as well, we soon will recognize that our faith is not something that we can produce in ourselves or in others. We first recognize that faith comes from outside of ourselves when we are honest with ourselves, when we are surprised to see some of the things that our faith leads us to. I wonder if Abraham and Sarah were, were shaking their heads in amazement to see how far they were willing to go in following the Lord and his word. We can't always rationally explain why we trust in the words of Scripture. And often we end up answering skeptics with the answer, well, I'm not, I'm not sure why I'm so eager to give up personal comforts to follow my King Jesus Christ. Although it makes no sense from a business point of view or although no ordinary citizen would give this or, or do that, all I can say is that I am doing this because I am convinced in my heart 
that it is good to obey the Lord. And all this makes us realize that if faith raises us up to do things that most people would not do or could not do, and even sometimes leads me to do the things that I don't feel like doing, it's not very likely to be something that comes from within us. But even when we can see the long-term blessings and the benefits of living according to the Word of God, we can see the benefits of purity and honesty and humility and love. We, we can see it so clearly. And then we want to show this to others. We regularly discover that no matter what we say, we cannot put eyes of faith into the heads of others. It seems so clear to us. We might even be frustrated. How can you not see this? How can you not see that this makes sense? Look at the, this beautiful picture of all that God has done. Why can't you see it? And if we try force others by shouting, come on, grow eyes and, and see. Or we try stuff their heads with arguments and pictures of glory, we find it just hurts them. It even makes them angry, sometimes even hostile to the faith. And we see no one can make another person believe. And sometimes even many loved ones who, who say they want to believe will find they cannot produce that faith in themselves. So where does faith come from? What made Abraham do the things that he did? Can we conclude that faith is culturally based or perhaps even genetic since there's a high correlation between the faith of parents and the faith of children? Well, Abraham couldn't claim that for himself. But such a conclusion would only work if 100% of the children of Christian parents also became Christians, and if there was never anyone who converted to Christianity from another faith or religion. But since there are cases where there are children of believers who, who don't believe, and other cases of children of unbelievers who do believe, it becomes clear that faith in the triune God does not find its origin in people. The eyes of faith that see the work of the triune God everywhere are eyes that are granted to believers and the children God places in their care as well as to people whom he brings in from other situations. So where does our faith come from? With our Bible eyes firmly planted in our sockets, we confess this faith, the Holy Spirit, works in my heart by the gospel. It's a clear statement, children. If you believe in God, that is because God made you believe in him. And that's a reason for thanksgiving. We, we thank the Lord for the faith that he has planted in our hearts. We can, we can sing that together. God makes our eyes see the triune God in all his glory and his work. 
Although this raises many questions in our minds, our finite minds, as we wish faith upon our family members, upon our co-workers, upon our neighbors, upon the, the thousands of people we see that do not know Jesus Christ, it also shows that those who truly desire to see faith in others should, should spend a lot of time in prayer, adorning your good example, your joy, your thankfulness, those pictures you give of the, the work of God, adorning those with prayer to God Almighty to grant faith to those we love who do not know Jesus Christ. Like Abraham, we do believe that God can give life to that which is dead. And we see that in our own lives and we praise him for his grace to us sinners. As his servants preach the word and, and prophesy the truth, if you think of the, the picture of Ezekiel 37 where the, the Lord was telling his prophet to prophesy to the dry bones, as the Lord is, is preaching to the dry bones of sinners who are dead in their transgressions, he makes them alive. He makes them eager to see and serve their creator. He gives the eyes of faith. And that is a great comfort. It's a great comfort that the instrument that God uses to, to bind us to our Savior is not something that we have to produce in ourselves. We are not trusting in a half-savior. We're trusting in a Savior who has done it all, including giving us that instrument of binding. When God calls, he also quickens the heart of the dead sinner to respond. And we can be sure that our faith is strong and effective and enduring because it comes from him. It leads us to public confession and praise. Paul shows the connection between believing in, in our hearts and confessing with our mouths in Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to 10. The Apostles' Creed is one of those confessions of our mouths that, that comes out of the faith in our hearts. It's a summary of all that is promised to us in the gospel, which is centered on the amazing work of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It was written, adopted, approved, and, and spoken by believers with the eyes of faith in their head as a statement of the truth. As such, it captures the defining worldview of everyone who believes that the Bible is the Word of God. It joins all those who confess the words together, and it sets them apart from all other religions in the world. It's an amazing gift of God that his people are, are willing to, to stand up. They're eager to stand up and, and profess their faith in him alone. Every believer who says the words of the Apostles' Creed is willing to be held accountable for this confession. They are describing what they are seeing, how, how we see the world. And so it serves as a tool 
to reach out to those who are wondering what it's all about to be a Christian. And we glorify God every time we stand up and profess that we would rather be killed than deny this truth. And that's what else our faith leads to. There are consequences for saying you believe something. Consequences that will inevitably affect every part of our lives. That's why churches are so eager to ensure that, that we understand what we are confessing to be true. Genesis 22 shows us how faith in God, professing our faith, saying this is what we believe to be true, it leads to action. Romans 4 and Hebrews 11 use Abraham's actions as proof that he actually believed in God. Because everyone understands that what we believe affects what we will do. For example, if I was to tell you, and this isn't true, if I was to tell you now that someone was going to blow up this building in 30 minutes, I could safely conclude that whoever did not leave did not believe in me, did not believe me. Or if you told me that you believed that the building was going to be blown up, but you did not support your words, your, your confession, by actually running away yourself, I would suspect that you did not really believe what you said. The book of James makes this connection between faith and our actions. And it, James even uses Abraham's willingness to obey God to sacrifice his son, that's in James 2, you can read it, as evidence that not only should we expect deeds wherever there is faith, but that both are equally important in God's eyes. They are connected together. In James 2, verse 19, you can read, faith without deeds is demon faith. That's the kind of faith that, that demons have. Because they believe God but they shudder. But faith that pleases God is active, says James 2 in verse 22. Along with our works, faith is completed by our works. And so, brothers and sisters, when we publicly profess our faith in the triune God with our words, like we do every Sunday, there are consequences for every part of our life. We are stating how we see everything. It's our prayer that our confession will not be dead words, but living and active. Declaring that the statements of the Apostles' Creed are true is declaring that you will dedicate your whole life to the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A living faith has visible results in your style of worship, in the occupation that you choose for yourself, where you live, what you do with your free time, how you relate to those around you. The Roman Catholic Church was, was criticized for many years for 
reciting the Apostles' Creed as if it was some magical mantra that could help them. And we don't want to do the same thing. Faith leads us to ongoing thanksgiving, to overflowing joy with the, with, uh, in God. Galatians 5 verse 6 says that faith expresses itself in love. And it is this expression of what we believe in our heart that God uses as an instrument to, to graft us into Jesus Christ. And so when we look at it from our angle, we see that faith looks like believing the Bible is true. Faith is that feeling of being so convinced that there is a triune God who loves us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that it influences our, our minds, it affects our whole being, it affects how we see the world. And believing in the Bible, we also understand that although we are the ones doing the looking, the eyes of faith were given to us by God so that we might be saved in Jesus Christ and in his righteousness. And so when we, we see that faith, that faith, desire to follow him. It brings great joy to our hearts. That's why we sing so many songs of thanksgiving, songs of praise. We praise the Lord, for it is all his grace. And everyone who has the eyes of faith will be so connected to the Lord Jesus, so dependent on his grace, leaning on him, that it will produce fruits that are visible in our lives, whether it is obeying the call of God to go to another country or waiting for a promised son until way past the childbearing age and then promptly departing to offer that same son as a burnt offering according to the command of God. You can see these reference to all things that happened to, to Abraham. Our faith leads to action. Our faith will show itself in our desire to obey our Lord, to willingly accept all his benefits. So we pray, Lord, continue to strengthen our faith so that our knowledge of your word increases together with our confidence in your promises. May we rest in our Lord Jesus Christ with confidence. Amen.